went on, took a giant shit in my mouth. Welcome to Odd Drummer Gaming, the podcast about stuff. My name is Edmund. Welcome to the 40th full-length episode of this podcast. In this episode, well, quote-unquote full-length. In this episode, I will be talking about Silent Hill, the movie. I was considering, I mentioned this last time, uh, waiting to talk about this during Halloween, but it was on Hulu, it was on Stars Hulu, So and I watched it, and I'm like, I don't, I don't really feel like watching it again at Halloween, so I'll just talk about it today, towards the end of the episode. Um, a lot of people reached out, uh, because last time I talked about my mental health, actually no no one has <laughs> uh, but it's only because i uh, took all social media off my phone and i don't give out my contact information information here so literally no one could reach out if they wanted to and i don't think anyone would want to nobody wants to touch this not even mc hammer is that a dated reference fuck um i i wasn't really planning on recording this episode this morning so things are gonna be a little scattered um and it's not okay it's not fine but it's gonna be scattered anyway it's it is what it is so there you have it um i have a a section in this podcast in my notes called monologue and I, I don't have anything listed. I don't know what to talk about. Um, let's go to the news beat. Let's just... I clicked on a few headlines. I didn't... There's nothing really reaching out to me. Um, but let's just see what's interesting. These these are from movieweb.com. These are Val Kilmer's best movies. Um, I'm already bored. I gotta be honest. I scrolled for two seconds and my attention span is shot so number 14 willow never seen it number 13 the sultan sea never heard of it number 12 top secret i've seen clips of this movie and the clips are hilarious but i have never seen it so i want to see it um number 11 top gun maverick uh interesting because he is, you know, suffering from some sort of cancer. I don't. I'm not sure what it is. Throat cancer or something, and he can't speak. In you know, under normal circumstances, he he needs a. He was typing mostly throughout the movie, but you know, emotionally potent for sure. Um, in that's in his scenes, Top Gun Maverick. Number ten, the Saint. Uh, haven't seen it. Number nine, Real Genius. Never heard of it. He looks like a little kid. Uh, he's he's wearing a shirt uh, that says, well, it looks like it says, I love toxic waste, but he has a jacket over it. He <laughs> looks like a little dorky kid in this picture. Um, Val Kilmer was able to show off his comedy chops early in his career with the parody Top Secret. And the 1985 sci-fi flick Real Genius. 
in which he portrays a teen prodigy. That's that sounds and looks promising. This picture, he looks like a, a dummy, but it looks funny. Number eight, Batman Forever. Uh, I'll disagree just because I don't like the movie. I think it's the worst Batman film. I've talked about it before. Number seven, number seven, The Prince of Egypt. Haven't seen it. Number six, True Romance. Haven't seen it. Number five, Top Gun. I thought he was good in Top Gun. Number four, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Haven't seen it. Robert Downey Jones. Number three, Heat. I haven't seen it. Um, believe it or not. Uh, I, I believe I own it because Pat Walsh and Joe DeRosa have talked about it endlessly on their podcast, We'll See You in Hell. I want to see it. Number two, The Doors. I've seen the poster for it many times, but I haven't seen it. Number one, Tombstone. I had a, a co-worker. Uh, he'll never hear this. I don't even know if he's still al- alive. I'm sure he's fine. But I haven't talked to him in years. I had a former co-worker at an office job. His name was Mike. He was the coolest dude ever. He is the coolest dude ever. Super nice. Um, he used to lift weights in his garage with his co-worker. No, his neighbor. His neighbor, Mike told me this story about his neighbor, how his neighbor makes drawings of for an old guy. Like an old guy hired him. I want you to make drawings. I believe they're like naked paintings of his wife who died. And that's what he does for a living. He 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 makes well I don't know the details at this point but he makes naked paintings of this old guy's wife and the old guy pays him and that's how he lives and he gets paid under the table I'm sure I'm like that's that's living the life man uh, I wonder if he's still doing it I wonder if that old guy is still alive but anyway Mike he loved Tombstones like his favorite movie. He told me to watch it, so I watched it. And it's a cool movie. I should watch it again. It's been a while. But he, you know, uh, Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday. And Mike used to say that line all the time, I'll be your Huckleberry. Um, kind of a weird phrase. I guess it means, like, I'm looking for a man. And then I guess that means, like, I'm your man. I'm the one you're looking for. I'm your Huckleberry. Um, I guess that's the vernacular of the time. I don't know what compelled me. Well, I clicked on the the Val Kilmer's list article because Pat Walsh and Joe DeRosa talked about they you know they talked about that uh, Val documentary, which I have little interest in seeing because Pat was like. That's kind of just Val Kilmer jerking himself off. Um, and they were on that podcast, We Love Val. So that's why I clicked on it. Um, I, I'm not, I have, I'm kind of indifferent on Val Kilmer, I guess. I clicked on a podcast, on an article, Jesus Christ, on an article called 
upcoming 2022 horror movies to keep on your radar. This picture looks like Mia Goth. Um, dogs singing. Singing a song. I'm just, oh, Jesus Christ. I'm just going to go through this list real quick. The Immaculate Room, August 19th. This film stars... Oh, God. I wonder if this... You can hear it. Can you hear my dogs singing? They're singing a little song. They're singing in perfect harmony. Um, Jesus Christ. The Immaculate Room... The Immaculate Room, August 19th. This film stars Kate Bosworth and Emile Hirsch, who continues to work despite um, beating a woman up, I think. I don't know the details. Orphan First Kill, August 19th. Kind of confusing. I'm assuming they're not going to use the same girl on the film sees the return of Isabel Furman as Esther, but now she's she's like 25. She's like 30. How's she going to play a little girl? It's a little weird. The Invitation, August 26th. I saw a preview for that. Um, I like that Nat- Natalie Emanuel is in it, but the trailer didn't really um, pull me in. I still haven't seen X. I really want to. Uh, by Ty West. It's a there's a prequel called Pearl, coming September sixteenth. So um, I'm intrigued because I know X w- got really good v- reviews. Um, so I'll, I'll probably check that out. Pearl. Um, Halloween ends October fourteenth. I'm. You know, I thought Halloween 2018 was fine, and then I thought Halloween Kills was bad, and I don't have any interest in Halloween Ends. Um, that's it for that headline. Best movies about women serial killers. You know, I click on these headlines, and I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm already not interested in it. My energy's all off. I'm tired. Number nine, Prevenge, 2016, comedy slasher film um, from Alice Lowe. I haven't seen it. Friday the 13th, 1980, Under the Skin, 2013. That movie was a little too weird for me, despite uh, Scarlett Johansson showing her nude body. It was a little too weird for me. I didn't really get it. But I I know there was some cool visuals in it, and she's like some sort of alien or something. Carrie, nineteen seventy six. Misery, nineteen ninety. I still have not seen Misery. Crazy. Number four, Tragedy Girls. Never heard of it. Uh, number three, Ma. Haven't seen it. Man, I don't I. I lose the point of why I'm I'm just reading I'm reading a list of movies I haven't seen before. I I don't know why I'm doing this. Number 2 Titan I watched about 
maybe a third or a half of it. I thought it was weird. I wasn't really enjoying it. I it baffles me that Pat listed this. He he always sings this its praises and he listed it as his number one movie of twenty twenty one. It just didn't hit me in that way. Number one, Monster two thousand three. Eileen Wuranos, Charlize Theron. I I haven't seen it. Um then I clicked on TIFF twenty twenty two, Toronto International Film Festival. Every romance movie breakdown, like there's no reason for me to go through this. Every action movie breakdown. I'm I'm exiting as we speak. Every animation and comedy movie breakdown. I should stop recording. I'm like I'm I'm I feel out of it. Um here's the last article for the news beat this week. Marvel's best live action TV shows ranked. Number 9 Agent Carter. I started it. I liked it fine. Um I didn't finish it, but I like um Haley Atwell. I like her a lot. Number eight, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I liked that first season a lot. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Um, I didn't like how one of the good guys became a bad guy at the end of the first season. And it kind of threw me off. It kind I don't know. It kind of I lost interest soon after that. But I liked that first season. Um, number seven, Cloak and Dagger. I don't know anything about that. Um, number six, Daredevil. I'm surprised it's low on this list. First season is awesome. First season, he doesn't even put on the suit until the last episode, I believe. And it's very cool. It's very cool. Second season, there was a drop-off, I think. Um... Unless the Punisher comes up in the second season. Unless it was the third season. I don't remember. But third season I liked a lot. Um, I don't know anything about... I think they're bringing it to Disney+. Plus. I don't... But I don't know the details about that. Number five, Runaways. I don't know anything about it. I don't... I don't have much interest in it. Number four, Legion. I think I saw half an episode... Um. He, oh, his father is Charles Xavier. That's interesting. Whoops, sorry if I spoiled that for you. Number three, WandaVision. Sure, I liked it. Fine. I just... I didn't like the... um. I, you know, it was doing a history of the sitcom. And they were doing like modern family... Uh, homages or whatever you want to call it and i don't like modern family so i was like uh, let's skip ahead number two miss marvel haven't seen it um i don't know not much interest number one jessica jones yeah liked it i i'm surprised again i'm surprised that daredevil is uh number six and 
I'm surprised the shows like well, I haven't seen Miss Marvel, I haven't seen The Runaways, but I'm sh- I'm surprised they made this list and like Luke Cage didn't come on this list. But there you have it. The there you have it guts. Um, that's all I got for the move news beat. My brain is mush right now. Um. This was a bad idea to record this morning, but I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. There's nothing I can do about it. Yes, there is. I could scrap this whole thing and start off fresh on another day, but I'm not going to. I'm just not going to. I don't know if I'm. the mic is picking me up. Uh, anyway, music beat. I don't have anything new to say. I'm a, uh, I'm going to see Saves the Day tomorrow. Again, I I'm hesitant. There there's nothing I can do. I I bought tickets because I want to see one of my favorite albums um I've ever heard live in person and I've never seen them live, but at the same time Chris Connolly is a some sort of raging pervert. But we'll see. Hopefully I can just I already said this in a previous episode, but hopefully I can just shut my brain off and enjoy it um, and then move on with my life. Gaming beat. Uh, That was the sound of a hot Cheetos bag. Can I deter on hot Cheetos for a little bit? I I have really bad eating habits. I believe recently I mentioned that if I buy a dozen donuts, four of them are gone by the time I get home. And that's not extreme for me. That is the norm. And one time I was eating it in, during a car wash and something just felt weird. Like it felt like I made a few mistakes in my life. But I can't, I, I love hot Cheetos. I love it. I love munching on it. And it's unfortunate because I'm pretty sure there's absolutely zero nutritional value in hot Cheetos. And I could go months without eating it. But then every day I'll wake up thinking, how can I get my hands on hot Cheetos? The other day I bought a party-sized hot Cheetos bag. And the reason why I don't buy it is because... I'll start eating it, and if I really wanted to, I could eat a whole bag in a sitting, which is terrible, but I do it. And this time, I didn't eat it in one sitting, but I did eat it in one day. So in the morning, eat half. By the end of the day, it's gone. And then I'm like, why Why am I struggling? Just... Just buy the fucking Cheetos. So the other day I bought like two bags of hot Cheetos and then we went to Stater Brothers and I bought, I want the extra hot Cheetos. That's what I want. But there seems to be some sort of shortage in the U.S. or something because every time I go to Target, it's not there. But you go to Stater Brothers and they're stocked up on the extra hot. So at one point recently, I had three full bags of hot Cheetos. And I'm on my last one. I'm on my last one. 
Let me open up my Switch to talk about the gaming beat. You know, my mind has been all over the place lately, so there was a period where I just started buying a bunch of games, and I may or may not play them. Um, it's kind of nuts. I'm looking through my game list. There's a ton of new games that I've purchased, but I haven't, I haven't really played. I bought a game called Roll the Cat. It looks like a puzzle game where you roll cats. I haven't played it yet, but I like the preview and I bought it. It says here that I purchased Tales of Vesperia Definitive Edition. Haven't played it. Um, I purchased Cartoon Network Battle Crashers. Haven't played it. I purchased Sword Art Online Fatal Bullet Complete Edition. Haven't played it. Um, I there was a uh, most of these were on sale. That's why I buy them because I buy things to address the depression in my life, and I buy it. I get a, a rush for about seven seconds, and then it's gone. But in the end, I have all these games that I barely remember purchasing. And I still have the depression. How about that? I have something called... There was a bundle for these three games. Torum. I don't even know what that game's about. Scribd. And Him and Her 3. I don't know what any of those games are about. Scribble Knots Mega Pack, bought it, haven't played it. AI The Somnium Files, bought it, haven't played it. Sword Art Online Hollow Realization Deluxe Edition, bought it, haven't played it. Ocean Horn Monster of Uncharted Seas, bought it, haven't played it. OTTTD, Over the Top Tower Defense, I played it a little bit, it was fine. I like Tower Defense. I'll play it again. Um, the Adventure Pals. The video looked cool. I bought it. Haven't played it. Timber Story. Bought it. Haven't played it. Good Pizza. Great Pizza. I played a little bit. Um, I'll play it again. I haven't played much. Hunter X. I bought a while ago. Um, I played a little bit of it. Overcooked 2. I think I talked about it. I played a little bit. It seemed to get very difficult very fast. And I don't know. My brain's not great right now. So, um, Overcooked Special Edition. Haven't played it. Greek. G-R-E-A-K. Memories of Azure. Play, uh, bought it. Have not played it. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm talking about games that I bought and haven't played. Like, I... Daddish 1 and 2, bought it, haven't played it. Super Magbot, um, bought it, haven't played it. Then I bought, uh, I downloaded a bunch of demos. Unbound, Worlds Apart, haven't played it. Um, I'll, I'll give you another warning. I gave a warning in the past. Do not buy Gorilla Big Adventure. Do not buy Gorilla Big Adventure on the Switch. Um, it's bad. It's a bad game. And I think I paid five bucks for it. Okunoka 
bought it, haven't played it. I downloaded the demo for Mad Rat Dead. I bought Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc Anniversary Edition. I don't know anything about it, but it there's a series of games. Um, bought it, haven't played it. Clockwork Aquario, I bought it. I played a little bit of it. It seemed... Um, kind of reminded me of uh cotton reboot like a lot of visual visual distractions but i'll play it again wonder boy asha in monster world but i haven't played it cozy grove but it haven't played it cat quest 2 demo haven't played it bubble bobble for friends but it haven't played it i feel like i'm about to start crying just out of exhaustion Super epic, super epic, but it haven't played it. Sweet witches, but it haven't played it. Okay, this is ridiculous. I'm I'm just gonna fast forward. I purchased last night part time UFO. I bought it because um, I've still been enjoying Nintendo Badge Arcade on the Nintendo 3DS. I personally think it's a pretty unique and fun game. The only issue is you have to, you have to pay to play and I'll I'll just I don't know how much I want to reveal on this podcast. I've said I'm very bad with money, but every time every time I play, which is once every day, I will pay at least $4, sometimes $8 sometimes $12 to play this Nintendo Badge Arcade game. Is it a waste of money? Sure. Is it a waste of time? Sure. Um, Should I rethink my decisions? Sure. But I'm enjoying it. I like it. And I don't know. I just like it. So I've... I've heard, I think I read that this part-time UFO has been com- compared to Badge Arcade. And, you know, there's some similarities, but in my opinion, I prefer Badge Arcade. It's a lot funner so far. I haven't played much of part-time UFO, but it's it seems like it's just going to be difficult and maybe repetitive. And there is a mobile version for three ninety nine if you want to go that route. Um, I recommend Nintendo Badge Arcade. I wonder what's going to happen when the eShop closes. I wonder what the mechanics of the game are going to be. If it, if the whole game, like, what if I click on that game and it just says, this game is now unusable, the eShop is closed. Or what if you go to purchase tokens and it says, oh, I can't connect to the internet or whatever. It's it sucks. I discovered this. I mentioned I discovered this game in 2022. I like it a lot, and they're just gonna shut it down. I have a feeling they they might bring it to Switch because, well, at least from my experience, it's it's my number one game right now because it's the one I look forward to playing every day. So why I don't know why wouldn't you bring it to the Switch? But we'll see. I also recently started playing Kirby's Dream Buffet, which is pretty fun. Um, check it out on the Switch. It's $14.99, I believe. It just came out yesterday. 
and basically you play Kirby or more accurately a Kirby and you know there's different modes but one of the modes is you're like rolling through this kind of course and there's it kind of reminds me of Mario Kart because you go through this course and you can get um I don't know what you call it like a prize not really a prize but a, an ability that'll help it'll help you in this course to get to the end and at the end there's like there's four players at least the way I'm playing there's four players I haven't tried online yet because I'm antisocial and scared of the world and of humanity so I've been playing against CPUs and so there's four players and at the end of the race it's I guess it's a race but um at the end of the course there's like a a platform with 50 strawberries that's like number one prize so you get that and you roll the joystick around and you get all the strawberries and then the second place is like 10 and the third place is or the second place is 20 strawberries the third place is 10 and the fourth place gets nothing because you're a f loser i almost cursed there i didn't i didn't say fucking and it's pretty fun so far and then so the more you play the m you level up and you get um there's little treats you can get there's costume changes you can change the look of your kirby the color and it's it's kind of just mindless fun right now and um i think that's sometimes what you need sometimes what you want you just anything to get away from depression just anything to get away from the shit um so it's like mindless fun right now i recommend it i've been having fun there's like fall guys elements in it there like i said there's mario kart elements in it it's it's fun and it's it's a dream buffet so it's all food themed um it's interesting fun check it out if you want on the switch I started playing a game called Agelos. Um, I th I think it's been described as a Metroidvania, which makes sense because I haven't played much of it, but it's you start off with a sword and then eventually you get the ability to attack downwards. So that opens up the game and you access more areas. So... Um, I've been enjoying it. It feels like a game that would have been released before Super Metroid in terms of the graphics and stuff. But, you know, the trend these days is to have, like, everything pixelated. So it's fun. I plan on continuing it. Um, I bought Mega Man 11. Haven't played it. The Way Remastered. Haven't played it. Um, I won't go that route again um Kelly Kaita to Bokarita mismo um oh I, w I wanted to mention like last episode I talked about Kaze and the wild masks 
I still think it's a very good game, very fun game. It's a Donkey Kong Country clone, but I gotta say, the high that I experienced wore off pretty quickly. I don't blame the game, I just blame myself and the state of mind that I'm in. I also purchased, I finally purchased Shovel Knight Treasure Trove. And I gotta say, like, it didn't hit me in the way I thought it would. I thought I would, like, really love it. But I kind of just got frustrated with it. Like, if you die, you lose your money. And you can still recover it. But if you die before recovering it, you lose more money. So I think I'm just bad at games and bad at life. And I need to improve. So um, I haven't played much of it, but I will. Also, I don't know if I've mentioned Hoa, but I started playing Hoa, and it is a Metroidvania as well. And it's it's a fun game. It's like a it's a Metroidvania, so it's a platformer, and you have to get you know jump on all these things and advance and get these abilities to get to the next thing. One thing I thought was weird is, like, you get to the first creature, and they said the language that they use in this game is like, oh, you need to be able to jump twice. So bring me five butterflies, and I will grant you this ability. But I don't I don't know. This was a, a minor quibble, but they could have changed the language a bit, at least to, they don't have to be so on the nose. They could have said something like, uh, you need to be able to reach new heights. Um, gather me five butterflies and I will help you. Um, I will help you with your abilities or something like that. Rather than just, you need to be able to jump twice. And then the next creature is like, you need to be able to push objects. But they could have said something like, you need to grow stronger or something. Just, I don't know. I, just a little something I noticed, but I am enjoying it. It feels like it's like a peaceful game. It's a beautiful piano soundtrack, and it's one of those games that seem to celebrate nature, and I've been enjoying it so far. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's action-packed. It's more kind of a peaceful stroll, but it's fun. Um, I've been enjoying it. Um, I, I think that's it for the gaming beat. Uh, I, I'm sorry, my heart and soul isn't into my life right now, so I can't. I keep muttering to myself. The the vol. I I believe my gain is at the same level, but my vol. My the waveforms are just so low. Like I have no energy. I gotta move on. Um. Also, I want to talk about and. Oh, wait, I forgot I wanted to talk about this story. Um, so today I am recording this on August 18th. And, you know, people, you go to the, you go out and about driving around and you see that the Spirit Halloween stores are popping up. You see that stores are unnaturally bringing forth the Halloween decorations and costumes. It's that time again. Halloween is a thing. I don't really get into it. 
I know people do, and, you know, more power to you. But this story that I want to talk about is perfect for the Halloween season, I think. I think. Um, But trigger warning, I'm at the 36-minute mark at the podcast. I don't know why I said that, but um, I'm just pointing it out. Trigger warning, if you are triggered by um, a claustrophobia, this movie, this story involves claustrophobia. So if you are triggered by that, uh, fast forward the podcast about eight to ten minutes, I think. Eight to ten. Oh, that maybe that's why I said thirty-six minutes. Eight to ten minutes. Um. So. I've been in the habit of scrolling YouTube. I, I don't know why I do this, but I scroll through YouTube almost as if it's like Instagram where I'm looking at the titles and thumbnails. I'm not really doing research. I'm not really trying to do it to improve my own channel. I just, I don't know, I guess to see what YouTube recommends to me. And, you know, what I do is I, I look at the, the thumbnail and um, title And then sometimes I just Google the story so that way I don't give the channel the click. So I'm like, ha ha, sucker. Um, But this case, I Googled the story and the article, the paragraph that I read was not enough. So I actually went back and read the story. I've never heard of this story before. Um, And when I read this, when I watched the video for this, it freaked me out to such a degree that I couldn't sleep and I was in desperate need of sleep because I had to sleep because I work at 3 a.m. and I have a one o'clock alarm. So I don't know how to begin, but basically, again, trigger warning, claustrophobia. These two brothers, I'm just going to go from memory, but these two brothers I'm not going to say they're avid explorers of caves, but they they like it. They like the outdoors. They they're not experts, I don't think. They're just they you know, they're not expert hikers and campers. They just like the outdoors and they explore sometimes. So these two brothers go to a popular spot. And the one brother goes in and it's I don't know why anyone would ever do this. I guess they they like the adventure and the thrill of it. But to me, it sounds frightening and scary. And I don't think I would ever do it. So there is a, there is a space in this. I almost don't want to say the name of the cave or anything because I, I, I'm building up to it. but Or I don't want to spoil it. But there is a space inside of this cave that is so tight that they nicknamed it the birth canal. And the way it works is you squeeze your body in head first. And you squeeze, you kind of suck in your body and squeeze through it. And then eventually you squeeze through and then it opens up into a small space, kind of like the size of a small room. And this guy thought that he was at the birth canal, but he took a wrong turn. And according to the little diagram that they showed in this video, 
it, it literally it's like if you go right it's the birth canal but he went left and left is a, a dead end literally a dead end so he he's squeezing his body through head first he thinks that it's going to open up into a small room so he keeps squeezing and squeezing and it's so tight that he sucks in his whole body like his chest and his stomach and he goes and he thinks it's going to open up and it never fucking opens up because it's a dead end there's literally nothing there's no opening so he he squeezes his body through and then he's stuck he's stuck to the point where he can't move his arms he's a thousand percent stuck and then when he realizes this, he freaks out. He calls for his brother. He goes, brother, I forget his name, but he's like, brother, brother. The brother tries to get him out to no avail. And then he goes, hey, I can't get you out. I got to call for help. So the brother calls for help. Help comes. And basically, you know, hour after hour, more help comes. The team of people trying to help him out gets larger and larger the tools they use get more and more sophisticated but this dude is stuck um they try pulleys they try drilling the rock and dirt around him but it just ends up falling on top of him they try tying ropes to him and you know these pulley mechanisms and there's like more and more people and they keep trying to pull him out and they just can't they describe him as like a hook embedded into the earth and the way he's angled. He's also upside down. And they describe the, they describe him, well, they describe in the video that humans were not meant to be upside down for long periods of time. We're not fucking bats, you know, because the way the blood, the heart pumps blood to the rest of the body, you're not, you're meant, to, you're supposed to be upright. So they're racing against the clock. You know, mechanism after mechanism fails. They keep failing. And eventually they can't, they can't get him out. He goes into cardiac, cardiac arrest. He's breathing barely but unresponsive. And he ends up dying. So I will now reveal that the name of this cave is the nutty putty cave the nutty putty cave you if you if you search nutty putty cave on youtube this video pops right up um and you know at this point he dies at this point i think in order to get his body out like he is so stuck in there that in order to get his body out, they'd basically have to rip his body apart. And I, I don't think people see that as a viable option. That's like almost like desecrating the body, I guess. You know, another option would be to just get his remains out and then maybe cremate it or something. But they didn't want to do that. So what they ended up doing is they ended up like putting a gate on the entrance to the cave, cementing the entrance to the cave, and just 
and closing him down there. So he's he's still down there dead. Um and you know people argued like they shouldn't have closed down this cave. It should be up to people. Um if they want to risk their lives, it's it should be up to them. Which sounds kind of dumb, but you know, to each their own, I guess. But this cave is obviously dangerous, and this guy died. It was a fatal accident. Fatal incident. Let's see where I am at 36, 37, 38, 9, 44, 42, 44. Okay, so I'm at 8 minutes. I have ten, 2 minutes to go. So they closed it up. They put a little plaque, I guess. I believe the plaque has been desecrated because people are angry at him, I guess, at his family for closing down this cave. Um, it's for your own safety, but that story really hit me in a weird way. It was very eerie, very unsettling. Um, do I regret? Do I regret reading it and watching the video? Um, a little bit, but it's interesting stuff, you know. And at the end of the day, it's entertainment. It's entertaining to hear. It's interesting. It's intriguing. Um, I started telling my brother. Actually, I told him. I watched I told him that I watched the scary video and I couldn't sleep and we're he's almost 40 and I'm in my late 30s. We're still pussies. And um I said do you want to hear about the video? Immediately he was like nah. And then a day later I said let me vaguely tell you about this video. And I'm like well it's not murder, it's not ghostly, it's not supernatural. It's just a true incident. It's a tragic sad incident but it the circumstances are unsettling and eerie and then he and then that hooked him he was like go on so i told him the whole story and i think he was fine but it's an eerie story and then we started talking about like like on everest there's people who climb mount everest and then they end up dying on the mountain and it's it's it would be too hard to get them down so they're still up there and then it reminded me of that video of this guy who was climbing tall buildings and recording it. And then one time he just died. I was actually laughing at the video. And I'm just going to admit that I was laughing. And It's not right to laugh. You shouldn't laugh. It's bad to laugh. But I laughed. What am I going to do? Like I, I'm not going to lie. But I, I was laughing because... This this company that posted the video, they posted their social media accounts right when this guy fell to his death. And people were commenting on it. And it was just making me laugh. Like, that's how terrible and depraved society is. Um, okay, that's it for that story. That was just like a... Ra I, I wanted to talk about that during the monologue of this podcast. And then I forgot. So I squeezed it in. Um... There you have it. And now we move on to the movie beat, but um, I want to do something a little different. I want to talk about Korra because... So Korra is a social media tool, for those of you who don't know. A lot of the purposes I've seen is people post questions and then anyone can answer it. And your mileage definitely may vary. Your your mileage will vary. And I don't trust anyone. 
So I don't know how true. Like, there's this one story I saw recently, and I immediately it made me hate Cora. And the, I think it was a lady, and she was sharing this story, and she was like, "I recently went to the airport, and I went to the restroom." Uh, now I know it's a lady because she went to the women's restroom, unless she was a pervert and it was a man. But I'm pretty sure it was a lady. And she was like, "I went to the restroom, and there was a woman crying, and she had an open suitcase, and I was trying to talk to her, but she was Hispanic and only spoke Spanish. So there was a language barrier between us. But she was crying, and she was in anguish." And distraught, and I was trying to help her. And then she opened the door to the stall, and then I realized that her kids were sleeping in the stall. So I immediately took her whole family out of the airport, and I went down to the local Marriott and got her her room. And I just thought, how many people went into that restroom and heard the woman crying and did nothing? And that's the gist of the post. And I was like, immediately, like, I'm a realist, I'm a pessimist, I'm very negative, and I'm depressed. So I'm like, what? What is the purpose of sharing this story, other than to toot your own horn, other than to brag about how nice? Like, it's like that Anchorman scene. Hey, everyone, look! Everyone, look how nice I am. And in in my brain, I immediately think there's something going on in your life that you feel guilty, that you are overcompensating, that you need to share this story, if it's even true. Like I, I don't I don't know the real people behind these posts. They they could be rapists and murderers for all I know. I don't know, but it, that's enough for me to hate Cora. Uh, a lot of tooting their own horns. I don't know. I hate it. Uh, then again, that's that's all social media. Like everyone, look how cool I am. Look how nice I am. And um, but like other social media, it has its purposes. I can see the value in Cora, but it's rare. And Cora emails me a billion times, and that's what I want to talk about in this movie beat because I watched some anime for the first time in a long while. Here's the question. What anime slash anime scene made you say, quote, this is too far? So this person um, answered. Um, the account is called Anime Motivation, which um, I'm not familiar with. Maybe I'll look it up. Motivation. Um, so here's the post. I have a high tolerance for the extremes because I'm a sicko, obviously, but the real reason being I can distance myself from the fiction, even if it's super realistic. Even still, though, there are some scenes that made me clench my fists, facepalm, or look down at the floor in disbelief. So spoiler alert uh, for the anime Higurashi. Higurashi anime spoiler alert. There is a an image here, 
And the caption is, promise that you'll forgive the others if I tear off my nails. I don't really... I don't really understand the, the, the context, but... And then it says, Higurashi, this is the famous fingernail scene. It's a massive spoiler. The absolute savagery of this scene, especially if you understand the context, is enough to make you turn away. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the rest of the post, and it's pretty lengthy. It's pretty hefty. Um, but I'll go back. I'll get back to Higurashi at the end of this. Um, so next, Shiki will always be an anime with some of the worst going too far scenes. One of the first is when the main spoiler alert for the anime Shiki. I haven't seen any of these, by the way. Also, after reading this post, I I considered making either a main episode or a bonus beat episode talking about this. And I, I was thinking about maybe I should make a mini series called The Sickest Anime. But I'll, I'll get to that later. Sh- Shiki, Shiki will always be an anime with some of the worst going too far scenes. One of the first is when the main character, who's a doctor, Toshio, finds out his wife has been infected and is turning into a Shiki. He straps her down tight in a dark room and uses her as a lab rat to discover a weakness for these creatures since they're stronger than humans. How it all plays out, though, will make you question your own ethics and the morality of the episodes that take place. It really pushes the boundaries of right versus wrong. Explaining it doesn't do justice. And the image is a woman who... I just realized her mouth is taped. I thought that was her mouth, but her mouth is taped. Her eyes are all dark. She looks pretty creepy. Um, And there seems to be some sort of blade or a sword aimed at her heart um unrelated but she happens to have large breasts but that's anime for you next uh is elfin lead a trigger warning if you are affected by animal cruelty but it is anime it's um it's a little gif and it's three or four children and one boy is kicking a dog against a wall. Uh, it's terrible, but it's you know it's animated. Um, not that it, not that that makes it less. Well, yes, it does make it less because it's animated. It's fake. Although um, it it happens in real life for sure. I'm sure. Elfin Lee. I don't know how to pronounce it. Elfin lied. Elfin Lied. Elfin Lied. Elfin Lied is a horror like Shiki and Higurashi, so it's not surprising why it made the list. In this scene, some fucked up kids are taking out their problems on an innocent puppy. An innocent puppy is bold in this post. Kicking it, tossing it around, and eventually bold, beating it to death on bold with a weapon. As extreme as it might be, I don't think it gets more realistic than this because people like this actually exist. Pupa. Pupa is one of the worst This Is Too Far anime. Statistically, this anime is rated 3 out of 10 on MAL, my anime list. Rating like this are so bad they're not common. 
the reason I put it down is to the insane violence. One of the main characters eats a person's heart and insides like it's chocolate or like it's chocolate ice cream. And even italics licks and italics her lips while she's at it. Other characters do similar things. It's the kind of shock value that has no context and is shocking for the sake of being shocking, so it's not really surprising why this anime has such a bad rating. I can't even think of any anime that has such a low rating. And then this person, I guess their name is Tayab Mughal. That's the name of the person who posted this. I'm kind of confused because I thought it was posted by Anime Motivation. So uh, I don't know. Maybe they're just linking to their personal account. Um, and so they list more anime, but they don't get into detail. So I looked through through the... Hold on. I'm going to look through the con the replies to this post. Uh, there's 67. Anyway, I'm going to go through the rest of this list. And then I went through some of the replies. But I don't want to log in. Cora, I'm not going to log in. Leave me alone. So here, here's the list that I got. Because somehow I was able to read some of the rest of the replies. Um, hell, so this is a list of apparently disturbing anime. Hell Girl, Batum, I don't know why it's spelled like that, Batum, B-T-O-O-O-M, exclamation mark. Psychopass, S-A-O, I believe it stands for Sword Art Online. Goblin Slayer, Akame Ga Kill, Roku Denashi, Re-Zero, Another, Nisemonogatari, Future Diary, Krona, Shinsekai Yori, Corpse Party, Rising of the Shield Hero, Helsing Ultimate, Tokyo Ghoul, Straight Jacket, Code Geese, Arifureta, Overlord. So, that's all for the Korra post, but going back to Higurashi, I... I watched, I started watching Higurashi. Let me bring up my anime list. Um, oh no, dead air. So, I mean, I haven't, I, I st after I left social media and I deleted, my, or I didn't delete so uh, Letterboxd, but I stopped using it because people online are fuckers. Um, I have an Excel sheet. I have mentioned it before, but I, I record everything that I watch, the date, where I watched it. Um, it's just kind of a nerdy thing that I do. And on my anime list, which seems to be pretty um, uh, detailed, it doesn't even allow you to log in like or maybe it does and I just don't know. But it doesn't 
it doesn't allow you to log in like I watched episode four on this date. According to what I'm looking at right now, it says you can log in the date where you started the anime. In my case, it's August 14th, 2022. And then you can log in the finish date. But I don't know. I, I'm I'm a, I'm such a nerd. I like logging in like the date when I when I um, watch the episode. I guess that's a weird thing to do. It's a little too detailed, probably. But um, so I here's the thing. I binged four episodes in one day. Higurashi, when they cry, go gao. And I was a little confused because I thought I was logging in the right anime on my anime list. But apparently there's one from like 2007 and then there, I guess it's a remake from 2020. And I believe that's the one I'm watching on. I, I got a Funime. 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 Why don't they call it Funime instead of Funimation? Um, I started a Funimation subscription. Uh, it's five ninety nine a month. Uh, years ago, I I got a Funimation subscription. I got the year one for like sixty bucks, which is not bad. And then I would watch like a few episodes, and then I would go eleven months without watching anything. And then I for I would forget that I subscribed to the year, and then it would automatically renew. And I believe I emailed them i'm like i i don't want to renew this and they were like oh i'm sorry we can't do anything about it the re renewal is automatic and there's nothing we can do after you renew but you can cancel now and it won't renew next time i'm like bitch i, I didn't watch for 11 months you got free money out of me um that's probably my fault but anyway so i'm doing the monthly because i can cancel it anytime it's 5.99 a month and like I mentioned before, I was like, maybe I should do a separate, like, a subcategory of bonus, or maybe a mini series of anime bonus beats. But I'm so, my mind is so flip floppy. Like, I binged four episodes in a day. But, um, and now. Like a few days have passed and I haven't seen any. So that's the thing. Like uh, my mind changes constantly because I can't commit. I'm kind of I'm a kind of an asshole like that. I, I I'm still interested in it, and Higurashi I'm I'm enjoying, but it is confusing. And what's intriguing about the anime so far is that. There's there's drastic jarring um, tonal shifts, and I'm sure that's purposeful. But like most of the anime so far is kids playing around. So they're I believe they're elementary school. The older ones might be high school. I'm not sure. But there's a younger group of kids and there's an older group of kids and they have a club and they do various activities and it's pretty lighthearted. And they're playing around and having fun. But 
in episode one, the the episode opens up with spoiler alert. The main character like killing two of the friends. I'm like, what? What is this? And then the next scene, they're all alive and having fun. And then like, for the most part, it's like 20 minutes of lighthearted, almost like comedy. And then the last three minutes, sometimes the last 30 seconds, it's unsettling. It's weird. It's creepy. There was one scene that I didn't understand where this one girl was in some weird uh, almost like an in-between dimension and she's like and this spirit is like telling her you have to go back to 1983 and she's like what a hundred years isn't enough i have to go back and relive it all over again and she's like i don't make the rules uh, very weird i'm sure it'll all be explained by the end and at the end of episode four there's this one girl who is a good friend of the main character, but she's weird and creepy, and she believes that she's cursed, so she tries to kill the main character, and then he ends up killing her, and then two of the young girls are dead. That's not explained. And then in episode five, everything is fine again. Everyone's alive. I'm like, what the fuck? And then I read that, episode five the timeline resets so i don't i don't really know what's going on but i am enjoying it and um we'll see if i have the attention span to do all 24 or 26 episodes of this because that's the thing about me i you know i usually start something and then i just stop i bought the futurama complete series a while ago i watched a few episodes i enjoy it and then i just stop i bought the complete series of seinfeld i started it i enjoy it and then i just stop so hopefully i will continue this higurashi and i, I was all pumped up i was like intrigued because there are some scenes like i started thinking that you know i've seen some disturbing stuff before i've watched cannibal holocaust which i talked about on this podcast and there's some cru not not just cruelty at animals but killing animals in that movie and that's like real life i recently watched the sadness which freaked me out but i move on pretty quickly so i was like well i've never watched horror anime i don't think it could be much worse than the real live live action stuff i've seen but there are scenes that are pretty unsettling in higurashi like his friend is like he keeps imagining her in his closet like looking at him and her eyes are like dark and wide and large and it's it's creepy it's unsettling and at this point i just I want to watch stuff and feel stuff just so I can feel something to numb the pain of numbness and boredom. So we'll see how far I get. Hopefully I get to the end of this thing. Higurashi. And um, if you know of any other disturbing anime or disturbing movies or anything that can help me feel 
something just so my heart maybe will start pumping again um, let me know uh, let me know on my private yacht come on aboard and and whisper it into my ear that's all actually i watched sleepaway camp but i'm already at one hour eight minutes on this thing so i feel like i should just move on to um silent hill although i probably don't have a ton to say about silent hill So Silent Hill is a 2006 movie based on a video game. I saw it in theater. I don't know why because I am not I don't watch a lot of horror especially back then. So I don't know who I watched it with. Um I I, I don't remember. But I remember being freaked out by it. And I was a little freaked out by it, watching it in 2022. That's why I thought it would have been a good um, movie to talk about closer to Halloween. But by the end of it, I didn't feel like rewatching it, so we'll talk about it now. Um, it's a psychological horror film directed by Christoph Gans or Gans. Um, he wrote and directed a f the first sequence in 1993's H.P. Lovecraft's, HP Lovecraft's Necro Necronomicon. Um, he wrote and directed something called Crying Free Man, Brotherhood of the Wolf, Saint Ange, produced it. And then he wrote and directed Beauty and the Beast, um in 2014 starring Leah Seydoux who I am pretty I am very familiar with I've seen a few things if I like her a lot um I'm I'm kind of interested in watching that because I like her, I actually like Leah Seydoux quite a bit let me see if it's available to stream anywhere my life's just a complete mess. When will this misery end? When? Cuando? So I go on justwatch.com. I type in Beauty and the Beast. First thing that pops up is Kristen Crook um, of the CW show. I like Kristen Crook. I have no interest in watching that show. Four seasons. Um, Beauty and the Beast, 2017 Disney adaptation, of course. You know, that that movie made a lot of mon money. I thought it was all right, but uh, I didn't think Hermione was great in it. I got to be honest. She can't sing. I believe you can hear the auto-tune in the voice. I think someone else could have and should have done better in that role. Nothing against her. I love her as Hermione. I didn't think she brought a lot to that role. I just got to be honest. I did like Dan Stevens in it, and I liked the soundtrack so much that I purchased it, and I liked the new songs on it 
2017 Beauty and the Beast. Next comes 1946 Beauty and the Beast, which is streaming on HBO Max. I'm sure that's efficiently creepy. 1991 Beauty and the Beast, of course, the classic movie, which is very good. Here we go. Um, 2014. It's on Tubi. It's also on something called Hoopla. It's on Voodoo with ads, Peacock Premium. It's on the Criterion's channel, subs. It's on a bunch. I might watch that. Who knows? We'll see. Um, what the fuck was I talking about? Um, Silent Hill. Written by Roger Avery Gans and Nicholas Bokrieff. Roger Avery. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, he Roger Avery, he collaborated with Quentin Tarantino on Pulp Fiction. He directed Killing Zoe, The Rules of Attraction, Lucky Day, and wrote the screenplays for Silent Hill and Beowulf. He, in 2022, he reunited with Quentin Tarantino to launch a podcast called the Video Archives Podcast, which premiered on July 19th, 2022, um, less than a month ago. I'm laughing because <laughs> on t on, in 2008, he was arrested on suspicion of manslaughter and DUI following a car crash in Ojai, California. Um, <laughs> that that will always be on his Wikipedia page, no matter what he does. I don't know what happens. I don't know the details, but there you have it. Nicholas Brokriev. Okay, I'm tired of reading all this stuff. Let's get to the movie. It stars Radha Mischel. Radha Mischel, which she looks familiar, but I think she looks familiar because... She looks like a cross between Sharon Stone and Charlize Theron. And I was looking at her filmography, and I probably looked her up after watching The Crazies. But other than that, I don't think I've seen anything with her. She's a beautiful gal. Um, Sean Bean, pre-Game of Thrones, I'm pretty sure. Lori Holden, which I don't know if they meant anything by this, but there was a scene. There's a scene in this movie where she gets attacked by this creature, and she takes off her jacket and and hat, and she reveals like she has a short haircut and she's busty. And I don't know if they meant. It it kind of shocks you in the movie. It shocked me when I watched it in 2006 because I remember it. I remembered it so much. I'm like, I'm going to look up that actress after this movie. And it shocks. It shocked me when I watched it this time. She takes off her jacket and, and you're like, this, this shirt you're wearing is so form-fitting. I think, I think your skin is now the most outer layer part of your body. Like, you... Your shirt is now absorbed into your skin. Like, that's how form-fitting this shirt is. Um, Lori Holden, I liked her in The Walking Dead. 
actually, well, I didn't like the character so much. She seemed kind of a biatch sometimes, you know. Um, Deborah Kara Unger, who is 56, but the picture she has on Wikipedia, she's like hot. I don't even know what she played in Silent Hill. Did she play the old woman? Um, Silent When will I be prepared for this podcast? Oh, she played the the creepy mother. But they have they had her like with kind of like gross gangly hair and um she's wearing like a hoodie and but she like the picture on Wikipedia she's hot. Uh, I'm going to Google image her later. I probably shouldn't have admitted that, but um, there we are. Kim Coates, who I recognize from Sons of Anarchy. He plays a kind of a grizzled cop character. Tanya Allen. I don't know who that is. Alice Kriege. Jodel Furland. All right. She plays a little girl in this movie. She's good in it. You look her up now. She's 27. She's hot. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say. Um, so let me talk about the movie. The movie is not great, in my opinion. The movie opens with, like, the girl, the um, Rada Mitchell. She starts screaming. She's just like, Sharon! Sharon! Um, and she's running around because her daughter sleepwalks. And uh, she's wearing like a s- small shirt and a small shorts. And she's running around in the middle of the night. Sharon! And she's worried about her daughter. And her she finds her daughter like almost like at a cliff. And the daughter's like, she's like, Silent Hill, Silent Hill. And the story is not great. Like, the writing is not great. Which is weird, because Roger Roger Avery, we just talked about, but he wrote... Um, well, he was a story contributor to Pulp Fiction. But weird, kind of a weird opening to this movie. And the daughter's like, Silent Hill, Silent Hill. And then the mom's like, I got to bring her to Silent Hill. Like, why? Like, what What the heck's going on? So Silent Hill is a, a weird town that's been outcasted, outcast from the rest of the world. It's like a place where you don't go. And the husband's like, don't go, don't go. And the mom's like, I have to go. Uh, it's kind of confusing it's like, why are you so dead set on bringing her to Silent Hill? This creepy, scary town that everyone says don't go. She's like, well, my daughter whispered it gently while sleepwalking. So I have to bring her to this town. So she brings her to the town. Lori Holden plays a police officer who kind of tries to stop them. But um, Rada Mitchell just keeps going. And the town is like in some sort of weird 
separate dimension. Like when you enter Silent Hill, you enter a different world. It's like a parallel dimension. You you're still on Earth, but you're like separate from the rest of the world. And when you get into Silent Hill, there are moments that are creepy. There are these weird, creepy, I don't even know what you call it, like faceless children that are like, like the sound design is cool. It's like, and they're chasing after the mom and the mom's like, get away from me, help, get away from me. And these kids are like, and so the parts of the town of Silent Hill are cool and creepy. And then at one point, this weird creature starts spitting some sort of acidic bile at the mom and Lori Holden. That's why she has to take her um, shirt off in such a dramatic way. And that's why I thought that this would be good to talk about Halloween. Because it there is some atmosphere in this movie. And it... You know, the writing's not great. Directing is okay. Um, oh, what, the, what the fuck am I talking about? I don't know anything about directing or whatever. But it's not a terrible film. But when, you know, this lady in the movie, um, let me try to get her... Uh, oh, Alice Kriege as Christabella. She's the fanatical and delusional high priestess of the brethren who burn those deemed as witches to prevent the apocalypse and maintain a sinless existence. Though her character doesn't exist in the games, her motive and backstory was instead taken from the game version of Dahlia. Not confusing at all. So, like, when Christabella comes into play, I got very bored by the movie. And there's parts of the movie that are... Sh- it went from like a lengthy, boring flashback straight into a lengthy, another lengthy, boring flashback. And I'm like, this movie went from kind of cool, kind of atmospheric to atmospheric to boring real quick. And it kind of lost me. And that's like the reason why like, I don't want to rewatch this for Halloween. I'll just talk about it now. Um, so they eventually find the little girl, Sharon. And they're going to like kill her because they think she's like a demon child. But then the original child that I believe Christabella killed before somehow comes back and gets her revenge and all these people. It's not a great movie. And basically at the end of this movie, Rada Mitchell gets Sharon and they go back home, but they're, they're still in Silent Hill. And that that feels kind of cool because it's it's real eerie because she you want that relief of them leaving Silent Hill and finally getting home back to her husband but they get home but in her world everything's gray and smoky and foggy and then there's they're in the same place as the husband but the husband's world is the normal world so they're still in the world of Silent Hill 
So kind of a creepy, eerie ending, kind of cool, kind of fun. But the movie overall, um, not great. It's interesting because people nowadays, they throw around the term cult classic. They throw it around with everything. Everything's a fucking cult classic these days. And I'm surprised they didn't throw, they didn't slam a cult classic label on this one just because it's so overused. But according to Wikipedia, the film theatrically grossed over $100 million worldwide and over $22 million from DVD and Blu-ray sales. It received generally negative reviews from critics. Although it earned four Fangoria Chainsaw Award nominations. A sequel, Silent Hill Revelation, which I was unaware existed, and I will probably watch for this podcast, was released on October 26, 2012. The budget for this was $50 million, box office was $100 million, so that it doubled its budget. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say, it. I don't think it was a bomb, but it didn't do, well, it doubled its budget. So I don't, I don't know what, um, what that means. I don't know if that means it did well or if it was considered a bomb or what have you. Um, after after I'm reading the Wikipedia, after taking the script, Rada Mitchell read only 10 pages of text. She was alone in her apartment and, by her own admission, she felt uncomfortable with fear. She finished reading it only a week later in the light of the sun and said, That's what attracted me to the piece as well because it was definitely a page turner and it freaked me out. Sean Bean also found the plot scary. In contrast to these impressions, Laurie Holden liked the script. She deemed it spectacular, complex, multi-level with wonderful themes and therefore interesting to work with. Deborah Kara Unger called it Alice in Wonderland meets Dante's Inferno. So it's it's interesting to 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 hear how the the cast reacted to the script and like I said the the atmospheric elements of it were well done and interesting i think you know this this wikipedia page is pretty hefty like who is going to read all of this well i guess me i'm not gonna read all of it though um 10 year old jodel furland played three roles at once her character exists in the silent hill universe in several incarnations, Sharon is the embodiment of all the best that was in the immolated Alessa, the suffering Alessa, and the demonic dark Alessa. The filmmakers intended to cast three different girls for these roles, but nevertheless, a young actress was found capable of portraying these roles at the same time. Gan saw Furland as the ideal actress drawing to attention to her performance in the Kingdom Hospital miniseries, and Terry Gilliam's Tideland. After Jodell made her audition statement, I've always wanted to play the devil, which is weird because I believe she was 10 years old when she 
made this film. Let me look that up. Um, 2006. Give me the fucking calculator. Calculator. 2006 minus 1994. She was 12. So why would a 12-year-old say, I always wanted to play the devil? Um, Kind of weird. Um, There's a Shout Factory 2-Disc Collector's Edition Blu-ray of Silent Hill through their Scream Factory label. I don't understand. There's Shout Factory and they own Scream Factory? That's confusing. It's confusing. Um, I wouldn't want to own this. Sad to say. Um, Let's look at the reviews. So it's 32% on Rotten Tomatoes. The consensus reads, Silent Hill is visually impressive, but as with many video game adaptations, it's plagued by inane dialogue, a muddled plot, and an overlong runtime. James Berdinelli of Real Views awarded the film two and a half stars out of four, opining... There's that word again. That the film is overlong with too many unnecessary scenes and that a lot of the movie seems like pointless running around, but added that the film looks great and that it packs in a few scary moments and offers a nicely ambiguous conclusion. Rogerio Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times gave the film one and a half stars out of four, calling it an incredibly good-looking film, but noting that he did not understand the story. (laughs) It's bad when... Famed film critic Rogerio, Roger Ebert says that he did not understand the story. And criticizing how all through the movie characters are pausing in order to offer arcane backstories and historical perspectives and metaphysical insights and occult orientations. Don R. Lewis of Film Threat praised the film's visuals but wrote that this entire film is downright confusing and not in an intriguing way, calling it the best-looking bad film I've ever seen. Owen Gleiberman of Entertainment Weekly gave the film score, film a score of D+, stating that a few of the images are startling. Okay, now we're getting repetitive. Um, yeah, so not great. Looks good. But not great is the is the gist. A sequel, Silent Hill Revelation, taking place six years after the first film's events, was released on October 26, 2012. Christoph Gans could not direct the sequel because he was di- busy directing an Om- Onimusha film adaptation. What's that? Roger Avery was originally attached to write the screenplay and had written the first draft before he was arrested for vehicular manslaughter in November 2010. M.J. Bassett was later hired to hire to write and direct the sequel. The sequel was panned by critics, holding a 10% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. On January 31, 2020, Christopher Christoph Gans expressed an interest in working on another Silent Hill film um cool 
Aminusha. I I'm not familiar with. There, <laughs> there has been no further news regarding an Aminusha adaptation since 2007. So, good luck with that. You know, <laughs> uh, Jodel Furland. Let's kind of let's look at her stuff. She. Good luck, Chuck. I saw that movie. That came out a year after Silent Hill. I bu- I bet she played um, some daughter, or something. Um. The Cabin in the Woods. She was in that. Patience Buckner. What's that? She was in Paranorman. She was in Bigger, Fatter, Liar from 2017, direct-to-video film. She's in something called The Office Games. She's in a bunch of TV. Um, She played the Little Sisters in Bioshock 2. According, I mean, she worked steadily over the years, but nothing has been listed recently. Let me look. She's in a TV series called in 2022 called Aurora Tea Garden Mysteries as Tamara Dilger. She was in The Office Games in 2021, The Order in 2020. She was in Supernatural from 2006 to 2019, only in two episodes. So I I don't know if it's accurate to say she struggled as an actor because she's worked steadily. I just get a little concerned slash worried when it's August 2022 and there's not much going on. I hope she's doing well. Um, I liked her in this movie and she's a 27 year old hot woman in the present day Um, Cabin in the Woods she's low she's low on the cast list on Wikipedia so I don't think she had a big role in that that's it for Silent Hill Uh, was that sufficient for anyone? no? Okay, I guess I'll just go in the back room and jack off. Um, let's look at the list of movie l- list of movies based on video games again. Um, do I need to do the Yui Bowl movies? I mean, I I almost fell asleep just thinking about it. Maybe it'll fun. It'll be fun to do. Um, what's it called? Uh, commentary. I I have the Resident Evil collection, so I have that on the docket. I have the whole Blu-ray collection, so I can do those at any time. There's a movie called Postal. I'm I'm not familiar with the game. It just makes me think of uh. What's that NES game? The arcade game. It's not called Poster Boy. Paperboy. Jesus Christ. I uh, Postal makes me think of Paperboy, but I'm sure Postal is not a, 
a movie adaptation of the video game Paperboy. There's the Hitman movies in the name of the King, which I'm not familiar with the game, but directed by Yui Bull, but stars Jason Statham. How does that guy keep getting money to make movies? Actually, I've never seen any of the movies, so I shouldn't say that. Far Cry, Max Payne, Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li. I kind of want to see that out of curiosity, and I like Kristen Crook, but not enough to watch Beauty and the Beast. Tekken, Prince of Persia, I believe I I did for this podcast. Silent Hill sequel, Need for Speed. I guess there's not much. There's not many English language live action theatrical releases, technically. Because it started in 1993, which was not... I guess it is long ago. It just makes me sad thinking about it. So I don't know what's next. But we'll see. Um, and that's it. That's Silent Hill for you. Um, I'd, if you're still listening, I got my head in my hands, um, eyes closed. Just want to apologize for not only this episode, but this entire podcast. I apologize for the low energy. I apologize for my comments, for what I said about whatever I did, when I said them. I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm becoming incoherent. Um, Thank you for watching. Oh, God. Thank you for listening. If, you know, I'm not even going to plug because... I haven't posted to YouTube in about a month. My channel, my channel, I consider a failure. Both channels, uh, just as I consider my life a failure. Everything I've ever tried to accomplish in this life, I have failed. And that is true. That is not me being down on myself. That is not me being emo or seeking attention. That is truth, a simple truth about me. Everything I have ever ever attempted in this life i have failed i have self-sabotaged myself at every turn i don't really see the point of existing i don't know the meaning of life um i don't see the point in continuing not just this podcast but living uh what's the point of continuing this failure of an existence i I don't understand um thank you for listening. <laughs> um I'm going to um I'm going to cut this out before I I I start crying. I hope you're well. You know, I can be a complete failure, a miserable failure, but that doesn't mean I want you to fail. I still think you should keep going. You know, keep going. You got this. (laughs) You got this, girl. Be a a boss wife. Be a boss lady. You know what I mean? You got this. All right? Hashtag you woke up like this because you got this. 
hashtag where my hive mind at <laughs> um i don't know why i'm laughing i'm very tired thanks for listening i hope you're well take care of yourselves take care of each other don't abandon your friends Um, don't worry. I got a doctor appointment soon. But I also have jury duty soon. So if I have to go to, if I have to miss my doctor's appointment to go to jury duty, I might just end it. (laughs) Um, that's it for me. Bye.